Welcome to the Auburn UMC Clergy Conversations podcast. Each week, our pastors take an in-depth look at Scripture and preview their message for Sunday morning services. We're glad you joined us. For more information about Auburn UMC, please visit our website at aumc.net. Hello, and welcome to our conversation. I am Kelly. Corey. Charles. And today we are gathered together around one of the most famous stories, not just in scripture, but probably one of the most famous stories in the world, Mm -hmm. the story of the prodigal son, and it comes out of Luke chapter 15. We're going to divide the reading up since it's so long. So Corey, will you start us out? Sure. So the setting of this um, is the beginning from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 3, and then there are two parables that follow the lost sheep and then the lost coin. So, and then there's the prodigal son. So, lost son. Now, all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling. Can y'all grumble? Mm. Okay. Grumbling, sorry. And saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. And I'm picking up in verse 11. Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided his estate between them. Soon after, the younger son gathered everything together and took a trip to to a land far away. There he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a severe food shortage arose that in the country, in that country, and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food, but I am starving to death. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me on as one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. Let me pick up verse 21. Then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly! Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting, because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now the older son was in the field. Coming from the field, he approached the house and heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked, What's going on? The servant replied, Your brother has arrived, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he received his son back, safe and sound. Then the older son was furious, and didn't want to enter in. But his father came out and begged him. He answered his father, Look, I've served you all these years, and never disobeyed your instruction. Yet you never have given me as much as a young goat, so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours returned, After gobbling up your estate on prostitutes, you slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Then his father said, Son, you are always with me, 
and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So this is interestingly situated because last week we read this parable about a dying fig or a fig tree that Mm -hmm. we assume was dying. And it kind of answer or asks the question, why do bad things happen to good people? And then this week, this story asks the question, why do um, really wonderful things happen to people who we might think deserve it the least? Yeah. Because um, the emotions of this, I was just thinking about the lot being, I don't know what yours says. Mine says desolate living. Mm-hmm. You know, this man, he goes and he, yeah. he, um, he goes off and he get, goes for the cheap thrills. I mean, he, he, right. he, he it's loose. It's wild. Yeah. He gives away his money to everything. Yeah, out there. that's always interesting to me because, like I said, it has desolate and then wild in some versions. Yeah. Riotous living. Riotous. <laughs> But yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he goes off to the far country, and, mm-hmm. you know, and lives it up mm-hmm. and or really throws his life away at some level. I mean, I've never eaten with pigs, but it doesn't sound good. Well, and, it, and it's interesting because it's such a small little line. He even has to feed the pigs. But we know that at this point in the story, he is at the lowest of the low because not only has he disappointed his dad, mm-hmm. he has broken a Jewish law. Yeah. He's doing something that he should not be doing as a son of his father, but also as like a child of God. Things are just really bad. We're at the mm-hmm. lowest of the low for, for yeah. the younger son. Uh, right. And even backing up that he, in order to say, give me what is mine, in that culture, it's almost like telling his, his father, his parents, that you're dead to me. And then it mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, just here's some cash. Mm-hmm. It was right. possessions and land. So... Go live on right to living or extravagant living or wild living, had to sell off some of that and yeah. cash it in. And so you can imagine, um, you know, just that, that setup and that, that hurt. Uh, but what's amazing is to me is that uh, I read that, that part of this, in order to truly repent, and we talked about that last week, mm-hmm. that metanoia of changing heart, mind, uh, soul, is that you have to know some of the nature of, of God to do that. So kind of hidden within this parable, you know, this son had to know a little bit of the nature of his father, even to receive him back, even though he had that speech so well rehearsed that I've sinned against you and against heaven and Mm -hmm. no longer deserved to be called your son. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes we put repentance so much on on us when really it's the nature of of God that we are trusting, that we are experiencing. Mm -hmm. And I love that idea. And somebody, somebody said something about this Sunday that um, that they never thought about metanoia as a turning towards God. Mm-hmm. You know, you always think about repentance as this feeling of deep shame and regret, and it can be all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's also turning to God, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful way of thinking, like you just said, Charles. And he, he had a sense of that he could go home. Or that right. there was a place for him, even if it's with the servants. You know, yeah. I mean, even my servants, even my dad's servants do better than this. Mm-hmm. I can at least go get a job doing that. You right. know, mm-hmm. there is a sense of I back. could find my way back in. Right. The nature of his, yeah, yeah. Of his father. We were talking a minute ago um, about one of the commentaries, the Barclay commentary, about how this story might have been more aptly named, not the prodigal oh, yeah. son, but the mm-hmm. loving father, because we see 
the hero of this story, the dad who takes care of his hired help, but also um, freely welcomes back this son who is essentially said to him, I'm ready for you to die so I can have my money. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I mean, not to sound trite, that's what God is like. Yeah, mm-hmm. truly. Uh, yeah. And this, like, it's situated with, I wish we had enough time to read all three stories because all three stories are really lovely. It's something that's lost on accident, something that's done on purpose, and uh, the third one, help me. With sheep, sheep wander away. And it's like no matter how you become lost, whether it is your own doing, it's an accident, or something happens to you, that God is in the business of lost things. Mm -hmm. Always looking and waiting and receiving and hoping to see. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've always imagined that dad uh, on his... Uh, front porch, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I think of a of a home with a front porch and, you know, Mayberry look, you know, he's always looking for, for the sun. He, right. It's like he's looking far down the road waiting to receive him when he comes home. Mm-hmm. And there's many portraits of this have been, been painted and, and some of my favorites, I always, have, I've seen them before, I promise, and then I always have trouble finding them in the uh-huh. moments, but, <laughs> but they show the father just like with mismatched shoes on. Yeah. Just like the father was so excited, so in a hurry, and um, that it doesn't even matter that the shoes match. That he's just running off to see mm-hmm. uh, this one who was who was lost, and it's that loving father, and also the idea of running. That people who own things who were important that day didn't run. So, <laughs> oh yeah, it's not all you know. It's the parables of loving father, but also the running father. If you <laughs> yeah. think about it that way. Hiking up his skirt and mm-hmm. <laughs> doing some kind of things that just are yeah. not part of life. I mean, just, yeah. you know, willing to uh, look silly. Yeah, even. undignified for the sake yes. of love. For love. And I've had some people after I've preached on this who have had family members who dealing with addiction or different things that they say that. They say, you know, just the unmatched shoes, just the, the running, mm-hmm. the welcoming just resonates so much with them and their, you know, their experience mm-hmm. of this. So. Yeah. So I read a word. This I, I found a new word. This mm-hmm. in reading this this week that I'd never heard before. Um, it's it's in the first part of this text where it says Jesus. So the, Jesus kind of sets the whole thing up by mm-hmm. welcoming tax collectors and sinners, and the Pharisees are grumbling against him. Uh-huh. You know, and they're upset that he welcomes people. But prosdecame, I, it, I think you have to somewhere in the middle of that. Uh, but it means uh, welcoming like none other. It's like um, it's like it's like when the when the child comes or the the parent comes home and the child just runs and welcomes them. It's it's this mm-hmm. sense of it's only used a few times in in all of Luke. But one of the one of the examples was like that Norman Rockwell print where the man is coming home from the military mm-hmm. and the wife is just greeting him. This that kind of. Um, deep, deep loving of welcoming somebody. It's a hospitality beyond just being nice and caring and loving. And I think about that's how Jesus welcomes sinners. That's how this loving father welcomes this son. And and then the last part of this text, he tries to welcome the older son back. (laughs) And I, yeah, I love this. It does tie into this first few verses where, um, Jesus, first of all, was talking with the tax collectors and those because they're sinners, but the Pharisees were also listening. Yeah. And it's almost like this is a line 
straight from them that I've never disobeyed your instruction. I've never disobeyed yeah. anything. And it's almost a line that the, the Pharisees would say. Yeah. And it's almost as the father was saying, well, um, you know, your, your brother's already inside. Why don't you come inside? Mm-hmm. And I love that image. And the other thing that I picked up that the, the older brother says to the father, he says, this your son. But then the <laughs> yeah. father says, this your brother. Mm-hmm. And that idea of, you know, of that connection and, mm-hmm. um, is just beautiful in a way. Yeah. It's like God wants us to come together and live as sisters and brothers with one another. I mean, there is that, your sister has been welcomed home. Come welcome your sister in. I mean, you know, there's, yeah. it is that sense of, you, I, I'd long for you to come together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the one who can't quite make it, or we don't ever know if he makes it or not, is the one who says he's kept all the rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spend a lot of time and energy reminding ourselves that we're all children of God without remembering that the logical end of that means that we belong not just to God, but we belong to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, that's that's the harder of the two yeah. to stomach a lot of times, because I think we've all been in that position where we see someone with their extravagant living, riotous living embracing God wholeheartedly and almost feeling that sense of bitterness rise up in us. But I've been doing well this whole time. I've been following the rules. How is it that this deathbed confessional criminal, Mm -hmm. whatever it is in your situation has the same spot in heaven that we would. And I think about that all the time, the way that jealousy um, and almost entitledness kind of Mm -hmm. eats away at the kind of joyful welcome that Jesus talks about at the beginning of this story and the one that the father models in this story. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I love that image sometimes of, of, you know, in those situations we may say, God, this your your child. And <laughs> God kind of says, well, this your sister or your brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think as we kind of, Think about what this text will mean for us throughout this week and throughout this holy season of Lent. Lent is a season of not only journeying to the cross with Jesus, we're we're called to journey with one another. We're Mm -hmm. called to pray a prayer that says, Our Father, not my Father. (laughs) Our. It's a communal Father, um, you know, and we're called to forgive others as we've been forgiven, to show mercy as we've received mercy. So Mm -hmm. as we close in prayer today... um, May we continue this journey and may we think about those sisters and brothers in our own midst that um, we're called to welcome and love. Yeah. Who wants to pray? I will pray. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. Loving God, we are thankful for this story that reminds us that we belong to each other. As we journey closer and closer towards the cross, as we anxiously await the joy of Easter, Help us to remember that um, as much as we belong to you, we belong to one another. Help us to find love in our hearts and acceptance in our churches and in our homes for those around us, that we may be reminded that in loving one another, we are loving you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Clergy Conversations with Auburn United Methodist Church. Check back next week for our next episode. 
For more information about Auburn United Methodist Church, please visit our website at aumc.net.